On today's podcast, our next guest spent 20 years in the music and entertainment business. He's worked with and interviewed some of the biggest stars in the world, from the Backstreet Boys and Madonna to Ozzy Osbourne and Korn to Green Day and the Ramones. He was one of the first to put music on the internet with the legendary and award-winning series LA Live. He went on to produce television shows for the Discovery Networks and E! Entertainment, but he discovered all this success wasn't the path to happiness. To learn the real path to happiness, he took his interviewing skills to the streets. He started talking to real people and began studying happiness, success, and what makes people thrive. After years of research and practice, he created the Self-Love Revolution, the most powerful emotional intelligence and personal success program on the planet. Have a listen to this interview with Jonathan Trowin. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden, tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest Jonathan Trowin on the show. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Truly excited to be here, Jeff. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped up for the discussion. I this is such a powerful, important topic that I've had experience with. But before we dive into your hidden edge, Jonathan, give the audience a little background about where you came from, your experiences, so they kind of know where where you're coming from. Yeah, totally. So I spent 20 years in the entertainment business. And, you know, I was interviewing and working with you know, the biggest stars in the world, mostly on the music side, some movie stuff, but mostly music. So I interviewed everyone from the Who to the Ramones. Uh, work, we worked with Kiss and Madonna and the Backstreet Boys, like everybody. And, you know, I had a great place. I lived in Santa Monica, California, three blocks from the beach. I could see the sunset out my window. It was the life that I worked hard to create for myself. Like I followed the rules. They said, create the life you want. So I did. I created the business for the sole reason that I wanted to see free concerts and I wanted to interview bands. I love music. So I created a company so I could see free concerts and interview bands. And we did really well and I had this great life. But I wasn't happy. Hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I make these goals and I'd have these successes. And I'm not saying I, I achieved every goal that I ever set out for myself, but I did achieve a lot of them. And every time I achieved one, I felt great for, you know, I don't know, two and a half minutes, maybe two and a half days. And then it's like, okay, you know, those stories go back in your head about not good enough because there was always somebody more successful than I was. And it was just exhausting. And I'm trying to figure out like, what's wrong with me? I got, I got everything I ever dreamed of. What is wrong with me? So I quit the entertainment business and I went on a journey to figure out what the hell was wrong with me. And it took me a few years to figure out. And, you know, I, I had some, some good successes and learnings on that journey. But then I finally figured it out. And here's what I figured out. And it's the most important lesson I've ever figured out in my entire life. There was nothing wrong with me. 
And to me, I know it sounds weird, like, but to me, that was like, are you kidding me? Because, you know, I was the youngest of three kids. So, you know, I was a little picked on there. I love my sisters, love my family. But, you know, when you're the youngest, you get picked on. Um, I was the youngest at school. So I got picked on at school. Um, you know, so so my whole life, I was told that I wasn't good enough. And at least I felt like that. I mean, to be clear, I had a very loving family, but I still felt like I, I didn't match up to others and, and I could always do better. There's always room to do better. And I was always trying to be like someone else. So as in the entertainment business, you know, you needed to be like those who are more uh, successful than you are. And when that burden was lifted from me, like, wait a minute, you mean I can just be me? I don't have to pretend I'm like that other person. I don't have to make up these stories that are sort of true, but exaggerated, you know, all that stuff you do with these entrepreneurial networking things. Oh, you know, and, and, and you figure out how to massage the words. So everything's so much better. And like, wait a minute, I don't need to do that. I can just be me and accept myself. That was a journey to be clear. Didn't do it overnight, but to accept myself just as I am, Wow, that was huge. And from that, then I could actually grow into success. I stopped beating myself up. I would, you know, look, I, I don't know why this day, I, I, I share this day often. I, I had an interview with Cher. Okay. By the way, amazing human. Uh, we did have to wait like two hours while she was getting other stuff done, but that's okay. It's Cher, right? And, um, and then she came out, but so kind. My my partner and I, we both interviewed her together. Um, and there was this cricket in the room that wouldn't stop it. It was hidden behind stuff. So it keeps chirping. It keeps chirping while we're trying to interview, you know, one of the biggest stars in the world. You know, this is this is Cher. And, you know, so you go home at night and you review your day. And all I could remember about the whole interview was this cricket going off. And how it was somehow my fault. So I'm beating myself up and you suck because there's a there's a cricket going off and you can hear it on, on the tape. But, you know, my, my life then was, even on the most successful days, I would review my day and I'd focus on everything that screwed up. Hmm. And every day has great things and things that mess up. Right. <laughs> like a cricket that you have no control over. You're like, stop this, wait a minute, see if it quiets down. The biggest difference between then and now is today, every day. Every day, I still have successes and mistakes. Sometimes right. more successes, sometimes more screw-ups. Every day, I look myself in the mirror. I go, Jonathan, great day. I acknowledge it, things that may have not gone right because maybe there's something I can learn and do better. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe I just had no control and say, hey, hey, you did the best you could. But then I focus and celebrate in my head, in my heart, in my body, all the great things that happened, whether it's business. Oh yeah. You, you just did the, you did a great interview today with Jeff. How cool. Or whether it's, wow, you were a good dad today and you did that really nice thing with your son or, Hey, you caught that little bud just growing off that tree, like any, any celebration and celebrate the teeniest things. And it just makes life so much better. And then what it does is I have more energy to focus on the contributions I want to make into the world. So that was a long answer to your question about <laughs> my background, but I hope that gives you a little bit of the journey. It, it absolutely does. So 
My follow-up question to that is why do you think, and this is common across all human beings, right? And and you just kind of shared in, in your story of being uber successful, but still focusing on the negative or what went wrong. Why do you think we default to that pattern as human beings? I think there are a few reasons. One is certainly evolutionary. We are wired to look for the negative. Why? Because, you know, millions of years ago, if we heard a sound, it could have been a wild animal or tried next door who, who were you know, gonna gonna kill us. So so right. part of it is a safety mechanism. Of course, the problem with that is, you know, most of us are not in danger of being eaten by a wild animal. And to be clear, I get there are are places in the world, in the cities in America, where it's quite dangerous and your life really can be in danger. So I acknowledge that. But right. most of us don't live like that on a daily basis. You know, we're in a, we're, we're we're in traffic, but we're in traffic and our body thinks danger, I'm about to die. We don't logically think that, but our body, you know, releases the cortisol as if we're running away from a wild animal. Mm-hmm. So so there's the evolutionary side of it, and we have to begin to change that because we don't live in those conditions. Right. Here's the other piece of it, is that we are taught from a very young age to compare ourselves to others. Look at all the other people in the room. These are your competitors, you know. Did you make the top 10% of your class? Are you number one? Now, here's what's interesting. I used to think that, you know, this came um, from our, our, our classes, our teachers, our, um, you know, the, 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 the movies that we see, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had a, a son. And I remember day one, it was nighttime, and it was taken out of my life put into my hands and then he was taken away briefly to get cleaned. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back with him, they put him down, they gave me a, a, a sheet that had his height or length, had his weight. And next to those numbers was a percentage mm-hmm. about how he compared to every other person in the world. So it's not just it doesn't start at school like how do you, you know, do you have an A and they have a B and that kind of kind of stuff. It starts the day you're born. They start comparing you to every other person in the world. And of course, if you have a low number there, the parents get all scared. Hmm. And like, well, what's wrong? And and how do we help our child? We get scared, and and then we as parents don't accept our children the way they are because the doctors said, hey, something's wrong here. Now I guess sometimes something's wrong. You got to fix it. But you know, we're comparing height and weight and and things like that. And then it's perpetuated by some of the marketing. Look, marketing messages. We have a whole industry, multiple industries that their existence and their growth depend on you being dissatisfied and unsatisfied. Because if you buy this product, this will make you happy. Of course, you know, you're successful. So you buy the product and you feel really good about it for a few days. But then, you know, you know, you've done it. So have I. we've done this. And then we go back to, oh, well, OK, it's just a new phone or a new watch or a new car or even a new house. And you love your house. But then everything else in your life is the same. Uh, now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have stuff. I, I have stuff. You can look around here. and You know, I got all kinds of stuff and some of it I, I don't need and can get rid of. So I, I'm not a I'd like to be a minimalist, maybe, but I'm not. OK, yeah. so let's be clear. I'm not. But that said, we, we can't. We can't define our success on that. 
And then, you know, I got this done. So then we got the games, right? So we play the game of life. Well, how do you win the game of life? Who has the most money in the end? That's the games we're playing with our kids. So right. I have to, I want to play the games with him and we have fun, but I'm really trying to teach him in the real game of life. Cause he asked me the other day, he asked me, so which jobs make the most money? By the way, he's seven years old. Okay. He said, which jobs make the most money? It's seven. So I said, well, I don't know. A lot of factors go into it, but here's what you got to understand, you know, cause in life, the cards have Sally's job and then yep. the Yep, we've played we've played it with my two sons as well. So you get it. Mm -hmm. So I had to explain in the real game of life, success is measured by how much joy you have. So how do we as a society change our measures? You get what you measure. We measure gross domestic product, uh, gross domestic product. We measure success by money. Now, money, money's great. Money's a piece of it. You know, if we didn't have this great house to live in, life would be a lot harder. Right. We got a place like we own a yoga studio too. It's five minutes away from the yoga studio. It would have really sucked if we would have had to move further away um, to to a less expensive area. So, money is very helpful. Mm -hmm. But if that's your sole definition of success. Look, I, you know, okay, so this morning, I go on tangents, I don't know, you can interrupt me anytime, but this morning, <laughs> um, I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but this morning I saw a video of um, a concert that happened this past weekend. Okay. And it was um, a benefit for Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins, for those of you that don't know, drummer of the Foo Fighters, right. who died, you know, a few months ago. Um it's believed that he he took too many drugs and he, he he was having a difficult time. One of the most successful people on the planet. I mean, a, a well-known drummer um, of of one of the biggest bands in the world. And and what the video was 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 his son yep. was playing drums on it. And I was just like, literally, tears were 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 coming down my eyes. Um, Taylor Hawkins didn't want for money. I mean, I don't know what his financial situation is, but I, I got to imagine, I don't know what, what Foo Fighters, how they split their money, but I got to assume Dave Grohl made sure everyone in that band was, was taken care of monetarily. Right. But it's not enough. It's just not enough. And where the self-love revolution comes into play, I call it, it's where inner and outer wealth meet. Because when I began this journey, you know, I learned a lot of mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like half the people were dealing with mindset, but then there's this whole other group that was dealing, well, this is how to get six figures in 30 days, you know, type thing. <laughs> and the reality is, it, the reality is if you have a lot of money and I spent 20 years in Hollywood, I knew a lot of people with a lot of money, some very happy, some very unhappy right. money. Money's a magnifier. Mm -hmm. If you're happy, money will make you happier. If you're miserable, money will make you more miserable. It's a magnifier for whatever you have. So if you have a lot of money, but but you have a faulty mindset because you've done what you were taught, not your fault, right? Not blaming right. the victim here. Um, that that's a rough life. And if you have a this is the whole secret and think positive, just think good thoughts, but you don't have money to to help you. Um, it's just difficult. I actually think it's 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 better. It's more joyous, but it's really difficult. So the self love revolution is where the, the inner and outer wealth come together. So you can actually begin enjoying your whole life, your life, your business, your bank account, and it all begins to come together. And it starts from a place of acceptance of where we are right now, 
so that we can grow into who we're becoming. Love that. So your hidden edge is self-love and let's dive into it because sure. it, it, I mean, it strikes a chord in me based upon my history and like getting to a certain achievement and you feel good for a minute, two minutes, and then all of a sudden life is back to normal. Right. And that's constantly what we're fed by society, by media, everywhere, this chase, this chase. And what are some practical tips that people can start to implement where they're giving themselves grace, they're showing themselves self-love and they're, they're starting to build that mindset muscle, right? We hit the yoga studio, we hit the gym. I used to be a gym owner. We do the physical side, but, but we're not hitting that mental side enough. And, and we're not practicing those reps and being intentional. Like I'm going to practice self-love. This is going to be a rep I'm going to put in every single day. So what are some practical tips that people can implement? Yeah. So, you know, so you, you use that word chase. We're always chasing. So it starts by stop running. Just stop running and stop fighting with yourself. So, you know, a little bit of backstory I'm going to give you. So um, in, in all, all the, I, I shared the whole back, piece of the backstory before, but a part of it was, so I moved to Denmark, loved it there. And then all the stories came back in my head and, and then I had to move, right? So I moved to Spain, moved to LA, started moving to all these places, moved to LA, loved LA. Then I hated LA, moved to Santa Monica because I need to be by the beach. Loved it. Then I hated it because I was on 11th Street. That kind of sucked. It was really far. So then I moved to 3rd Street. So I kept moving closer to the ocean that I wanted to live near because I thought that's where my joy would come from, living living on the beach. And I really thought for a period of time, uh, I'm on 3rd Street and I could have my feet in the sand, 10 minutes, walk two blocks down the stairs, feet in the sand. Um, but of course, as I walked those uh, those streets, I passed by people that were must be doing better than I am because they're closer to the beach and some people are on the beach. And then I'm listening to this song one day overlooking the ocean there. And these, these are the lyrics. Uh, it's a social distortion song. And I had interviewed the band. I had broadcast the band live. Like I'd heard this song thousands of times before, but, and I never heard these lyrics before though. It said, you can run all your life, but not go anywhere. Whoa, is that, I'm just running. Mm -hmm. I'm running and running and running. So I just stopped. And that kind of was the, okay, then I went on that journey to figure out what was wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with me. So first you have to stop chasing. You have to stop running. You have to practice acceptance. You might not like what's going on now. It's okay. But we do have to accept that we're, we're here. It's kind of like the GPS. If, if you put in the address of where you want to go, but you don't know where you are right now. <laughs> you can't start. You start driving around in circles until your GPS picks up, right? So right. you got to know where you are now. You have to accept where you are now. If you try and make change without accepting where you are now, you fall back to where you are. You, you get some change, but you fall back. You get some change, you fall back. You get some change, you fall back. You know what this is? This is this is you know getting the same job with a you hate your job, so you get a new job and you hate your new boss. Well, it's the same as the old boss. You get a new relationship, you you know you break up, you find someone else. It's the same relationship, just with a different face and name. So these are cycles. We have to have learning, and you don't get learning when you create change from this negative emotional state. So okay. you have to create a positive emotional state. Um, so first we practice acceptance and then look, I know this is cliche, 
But then you have to practice gratitude for what's here right now. If you think you're going to get away with a life of joy without gratitude, it can't happen. But it's not just about writing words on the paper. It, it's You got to follow the science of it. So what does gratitude do? If you feel it, I, I had one client. He says, oh, yeah, I have a gratitude journal and I write every night. Go, okay, how do you feel afterwards? You're like, well, you know, I feel the same. I go, okay, then you're not doing a gratitude journal. You ha- gratitude's an emotion. They're not just thoughts in the head. It's an emotion. It's a feeling in your body. So you have to do it in such a way, writing it, and there are different methods for writing your gratitude out um, You know, so that you can feel it. And if that doesn't work, there are ways to picture it. But you have to feel it. It's an emotion in your body. And when you have that, what happens? Well, it releases dopamine. Releases serotonin, releases oxytocin. These are the happiness hormones, right? right. So now you go drag, grab a drink if you want. You know, I'm not against alcohol. And if you need medication, fine. But you are a chemical manufacturing machine. So it's, it's so, so true. It's so incredibly powerful. I mean, we have all the ability within us if we do certain yeah. things to release that happiness, release that joy, right? Get that dopamine hit of celebrating ourselves and releasing and and we have it all internally, but yet the focus is so often external, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's choose what chemicals we make, you know, and, you know, to go back before about kind of our programming, you know, where does this come up with? And so, and I didn't understand this when I was a, a child or, you know, even a young, young, younger adult, whatever. Um, you know, as I watch TV shows and movies, but I really notice it now. Whenever someone is having a difficult time, what do they do? They go to the bar. The friend offers them a drink. Yep. Now, again, I'm not. I, I I haven't given up alcohol. I drink. I every did. Now and again. I did for 2022, so I haven't had a drink in eight months. Yeah. So I I don't. You know, I drink once a month or two months or three months, whatever. It's not a part of my daily lifestyle anymore because I I don't need it. But I'm not against it. Right. You know. Whatever you do is fine. But when it's to mask something, when it's to mask the emotions you're feeling, you will run into difficulty. But it's not your fault. It's what you're taught to do. By every, every Everything you watch on TV, hey, have a drink. Oh, you're struggling here. Have a drink. No, it's not going to help. How about let's let's change some chemicals that are being created in your body. Let's pause and change your emotional state. Now, yeah, you can go for a jog. That's great. Um, you can put on some music. That's great. Although you have to play the right music because some music can also tro- trigger a, a, a negative emotional state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the thing about gratitude is you can do it anytime, anywhere, any moment. You can be on the plane, sitting down, seatbelt buckled, and you can go, okay, right? And, and, and you can release the dopamine and the serotonin. Do it to yourself. So that's really important. And if we have time, I'll go into some more science of that because it's, it's actually um, really important. But I want to get to these other things. And I know we got limited time here. So you have to have a positive emotional state. Now, this is really important too. this next one. And it's the last thing I figured out as a part of my personal daily protocol, which okay. I do is now part of the self-love revolution. And that is a daily forgiveness practice. Okay. I forgive Every single day, every night, I say, I forgive myself and anyone else who hurt or offended me, knowingly or unknowingly. Some people don't even know they did it. Mm-hmm. Physically, monetarily, emotionally. I wish them no harm. 
and I release myself from any future pain. I accept this moment as it is, and I release myself from any future pain. Because what happens when, when, when someone does something that we don't like? We want them to hurt, right? But we carry that. And even when we do something wrong, so we beat ourselves up, we want ourselves to hurt because we did something wrong. Oh, you suck. You screwed that up. Okay, but it's in the past. Right. So I do that everything, every single day. I have a longer meditation that, that deals with some old embedded stuff. Because let's be honest, we, we play the same stories in our head over and over and over. We we're playing things that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. Right. As if they're going to be different. If only that were different. Hey, guess what? You can play that story as long as you want. It's not going to be different. Now, I'm not saying it was right. Forgiveness does not mean it was right. Because let's be honest, what that other person did, fuck them. Sorry for my language. I rarely swear. But, you know, their fault. Yeah. Right. Or maybe you screwed up. You really screwed up. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I get it, but you can't change it. So we have to find a new way of relating to this situa these situations so that it's like we're chained to the past. Mm. And forgiveness mm -hmm. releases the chains. Right, releases so that, that anchor. In the future. Yep. Yeah, releases releases that anchor. What a powerful practice to, to get yeah. into. And I forget what book or passage I was reading was basically, if you want somebody else to hurt, the first person that is hurting from it is you. It is having an impact on you yeah. before anything. And that's incredibly powerful to, right. to think about. And that could be someone else. But most importantly, it's going to be yourself if you're beating yourself up over and over again. And I like to say, hey, we, we're the only species on the planet that beats ourselves up with that hammer over and over again instead of grabbing that flashlight and getting curious about Hey, why did it happen? And what can I adjust moving forward? Saying, okay, I accept yeah. it. I'm giving myself grace. And that's such a powerful practice to get into. I've done it recently. It has changed my life because I am one of those that used to beat myself up over and over again for the things I didn't do, where that is not going to lead you to where you want to go. Happiness, joy, and fulfillment wise in your life. Well, plus... It's exhausting. And when you're exhausted, it's much harder to get up and do the work that you're right. here to do. You're here to help people. Right. That's why you're on the planet. Yeah. You want to know, know the purpose of life? The purpose of life is you're here to help people. But it's really hard to do if you're beating yourself up all the time and exhausting you, yourself. I call forgiveness the most important skill we've never been taught. Mm. And I do believe it's a skill. And I call it a skill. What's a skill? A skill means you can practice it and get better at it. Because the right. first time you try it, you're going to suck at it. Like if, you know, if you go down and sit at the piano, unless you're some, you know, virtuoso, you know, five years old, we got those. Um, but, you know, the first time you go on a piano, you got, you suck at it, right? right, right. Well, forgiveness and self-love too, all of this. You suck at it at first, but these are skills and you can practice them. And, and I'm sorry that we weren't taught these, you know. Uh, as, as youngsters, but it's still, you know, it goes to what we measure. You know, what are the NPR stories I'm, I'm hearing right now? And not just NPR, everywhere. It's like, you know, we're coming out of COVID and, oh my goodness, the math scores are down. And, oh my goodness, the English scores are down. And I'm not discounting the importance of math and certainly not the importance of, of, of language and all of that. But are they more important than 
gratitude and learning the, the, the science of the body. I mean, my son, he can tell you what chemicals the, the sun has, right? And if I pronounce something wrong, he'll tell me. I was reading a book with him the other day and I read some element I'd never heard of. He says, no, it's pronounced like that. Seven years old, he oh, has a great. table um, and, and he knows the, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and I think it's great. And I'm thinking, well, why doesn't he know what the brain does when it's happy? Why doesn't he know about the pituitary, pituitary gland and what it's releasing? Why doesn't he know about the amygdala? Why doesn't he know what's actually, he gets angry, right? Why doesn't he know what's happening when he gets angry, right? right? He can be taught, if he can learn all the planets and the chemicals and the different planets, he can learn what the human body is creating, the chemicals, the, one that, the ones that help us. And the one, I mean, and, and, and to be clear, the ones that, that create shred, you know, cortisol, we don't want no cortisol because it does, it does help us, but right. is also, an, uh, we can have too much of it. So why aren't we teaching that to our kids? We really should be. So, th- so that's a piece of it. So, so back to forgiveness. And I, I want to highlight something you said too. You said curiosity. Mm-hmm. Curiosity is the antidote to judgment. We spend almost every moment of every day judging things, good or bad. You know, I I like the color of that wall. I don't like the color of that wall. I like what that person said. I don't like what that person said. Uh, Now, you're not going to turn off judgment. You can't. We're wired for it. We're just too wired for it. The moment you say, I'm not judging, then you're going to judge something. Then you're going to judge yourself for judging. Oh, man, I suck. I said I wasn't going to judge. And there I am judging. And you just pile judgment and judgment and judgment on top of yourself. But what can change it is simply curiosity. Mm -hmm. Huh. Why did they paint that house orange? I wonder what went through their head. Or... Why did that person say or think that? Because I think that's totally wrong. And by the way, to be clear, it is. The people on the other side, they are, I'm with you, totally wrong. They're totally messed up. Okay, fine. But let's just be curious about, well, why do they think that way? Mm-hmm. You know, and Thich Nhat Hanh used to say, um, he would say, and there's a great poem that he has. The name's not coming to me right now. But it's about if we were born of the same parents at that as that other person in the same city and had the same upbringing, we would think the way they do, right? So in this big, you know, Trump, you know, and non-Trump divide, then I'll share which side I'm on. And yes, I do have a side, but I don't have enemies on either side, by the way. I have lots right. of people I disagree with. But I know that if I was brought up in a different city, if I was brought up with different parents, if I had different schooling, if I was programmed, which you were, if you don't mm-hmm. think you're programmed, you were programmed. You, the language you speak right now is because you were programmed to speak in that language. If you were in another country, you would have been programmed to speak in another language. So if I were programmed a different way, I would have different thoughts about all this. So we have to learn that side of it. Gotcha. I, I'm going to share the last piece. So, so we have acceptance, right? Except where we are. We have we have. Uh, creating a positive emotional state, which yes, you can run and play music, but gratitude, so powerful. Uh, we have forgiveness. And then here is is the missing ingredient is this idea of just self-love, self-compassion, of saying kind things to yourself every day. Mm-hmm. I used to look in the mirror and I shared, you know, I'd review my day and all that, but I would also right. look in the mirror and say, yeah, you look like shit. You're ugly. 
I don't like the way you look. That's why you don't have a good relationship. You, you know, no, no, no woman would ever want you. And it's not, I know guys that said, I know women that say we look in the mirror and we pick ourselves apart. Yep. So you see these right there, you know, they, they, they come, you know, older men kind of get those. So this is new. This is just a few weeks old there. And in the old days, I would have looked at it and go, oh, my God, I'm getting old. Like when I first started getting grays, I used to call them my hair. I started getting grays. And then I'm like, wait, I can be me. I don't have to do that. Let's just see what comes. And now I see a new wrinkle. I see this or that. And I pause and I just go, welcome to the family. And it changes our relationship with ourselves. You know, most of us will complain when our neck hurts or our knee hurts. But how often are you saying thank you? And, oh, you can turn. All right. Very true. Now, Knee, you're still working. Okay, I know. I know it hurts when we're up at the top of the stairs, but you did it. Hey, thank you. Right. And can we just start being kind to ourselves and celebrating your successes? And here's the key of it. So people say, well, isn't that selfish? I just think about myself. Here's the key. When you are kinder to yourself, you are kinder to others. This really is about you being kinder to others. And it's about you being able to connect with others more deeply, create better relationships, which by the way, for those that think everything's about money, okay, money's good. So when you have better relationships, when you serve more people, guess what happens? You make more money. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, why is my yoga studio more successful than my old uh, music in online music company, which was really successful? I mean, I told you who we were working with. It was phenomenal. So why, why am I more successful now? It's only because my brain is different because I don't beat myself up every day. And therefore, more things come to me without me trying. Still have to take action. I can't sit here. Right. But but I don't have to chase. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to. There's a, oh, it's it's not that. And my to do list is never done. But I don't really have a to do list. It's a it's a could do list. I choose right. I have a choice, and you know it can yep. be a get to a get to do list. That's the other yep. thing people do. But it's never done. But I don't look at it and agonize anymore over it. I just go okay. Well, what should I do next off this list? Right. Sometimes just get some ice cream. And sometimes it's do something and whatever I choose, it, it's just, it's simply, I practice kindness. So stop beating yourself up and practice kindness to yourself so that other people will also be kinder to you and you'll be kinder to other people. And believe me, your world will change if you do this. Love it. So well, so well said. Love the, uh, love the discussion. Jonathan, where can... People find you if they want to learn more about the self-love revolution. It's selfloverevolution.com. You know, you can find me, Jonathan Troen, on, you know, on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. You can follow me there, but go to selfloverevolution.com. Click the button. It says join the revolution. We have summits going on through throughout the year, too, with uh, amazing people sharing, sharing their journeys of this and their perspectives of this. And it's just it's it's a community. It's really a community that, that we're putting that not putting that, that we have, we're continuing to grow it and more people are understanding, um, you know, just the importance of taking care of themselves. Right. Justin Bieber, I read, you know, just said, I got to stop touring for now. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. I'll be back, but I'm going to take care of myself for a little while. So more and more people are realizing that, that, oh, if we're really going to enjoy, enjoy this life, we, we have to start taking care of ourselves a little bit more. 
Um, so please, you know, you want to change the lot your life and you want to change the life around you. Let's have a revolution, but it's a self-love revolution. Love it. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others and connected, we can make a dent in the universe.